This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Rob Faye. Welcome to your Monday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 8th day of November, fresh off a weekend, and I hope this podcast finds you well. In a minute's time, maybe two minutes' time, we'll get down to business with the Vancouver Canucks. Rob Simpson of Vancouver Hockey Now will join us, as he does every Monday. And more than anything, I know my voice is a little crackly. I'll let you know why in a second. Uh, More than anything, we'll do a real quick tour around the world of sports and make sure that you're ready for the week that is coming your way. All right, let's get to that one story. Though This is probably not the lead story in sports, but uh, a good one nonetheless. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. All right, so this past Saturday, the good staff at TSN 1040 Sports Radio finally got together. They were all in the same room at the same time at the Pint, a local pub in downtown Vancouver. It was put together by Ian McClutchy, the legendary Ian McClutchy. And when he first sent out the text a couple of months ago, what was it? Yeah, I think it was probably a couple of months ago. I thought there might be a handful of people that showed up, but I'm not lying to you. Almost every single available TSN 1040 employee was there from sales reps. Rob Gray, the former program director, was there. All of the hosts, a lot of that guys behind the scenes, some that have moved on to Sportsnet 650 like Halford and Bruff, Brennan Batchelor, Canberra, and uh, it was just so good to see so many familiar faces all together again because you got to remember when TSN went up in smoke, for lack of a better phrase, Everybody just kind of went their separate ways. Everybody just started paddling upwards to try and keep their head above water. And there was just really never any closure. So to see Sakaris and Price, to see Halford and Bruff, to see Donnie and Rick Dollywall and Ryan Henderson and Karen Sermon and Ian McClutchy and everybody all in the room at the same time, it was awesome. But I don't think I got the memo. I'm going to actually embarrass myself a little bit here. I don't think I got the memo as to what this was supposed to be. I thought you just, you know, sit around, have a beer or two, have good fun. Man, within 20 minutes, I was buying tables of shooters and all this kind of a typical radio guy. So I ordered 10 shooters for the people that were right around me. I stepped away for like 30 seconds to, you know, go talk to somebody, bring them over, come back. And all 10 of the shooters are gone. Nobody likes a freebie more than a radio person, whether you're a sales guy, program director, whatever. I looked around. I'm like, dude, I didn't even get one. It didn't matter. So for me, just seeing everybody there at the same time, Jeff Patterson was there. It was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. I happened to have my Nation Extreme Wrestling Championship belt that I had just picked up. A lot of people thought that that was staged, but I genuinely had a championship belt in my backpack, went to this event, and uh, it was really cool to see how many people embrace that as well. But I just think when you look at sports radio, and I know a lot of times certain people will look at ratings and they'll look at metrics and they'll say, well, you know, what made that successful? If you were in that room this past Saturday night, it all made sense to you. Just good people 
that were sharing their stories. Matt Baker now with the BC Lions was there. Uh, it was just so, even John McKeechee, one of the first pioneers of Team 1040, was hanging out in the corner drinking his red wine. But it was awesome. It meant a lot to me personally just to see all these people coming together at the same time. I was sorry my partner in crime, Chantel Chand, was not there. She was actually covering football in Saskatchewan. But, yeah, it was just one of those things. I don't know if there's any pictures online. I'm almost hoping there isn't. I will say this. I got a little too excited. I, and I shouldn't say that like I drank too much. I didn't drink too much. But I just spent too much money. Too much, you know, having a good time, buying drinks, buying shooters, arms around shoulders, trying to embrace the moment because it was really special. So I think they all had a good time. Yes, Rick Dollywall was drinking his crown. Some thought it was vodka. but just And Ian gave a real quick speech just about, you know, how great it was to have everybody back. So you forget about it. But it was a really big part of the city's fabric when it came to just every day. You would turn on your TSN 1040, uh, be it the morning, the afternoon, and in you know certain regards, the evening where I was tucked away. But to see everybody in the same place at the same time was really, really special. So, yeah, I'm going to kick off the show with that. But what's cool is on a Saturday night, there was no NHL hockey. So it gave everybody the chance to come on down and hang out for a little bit. But let's talk a little NHL hockey, shall we? Rob Simpson, he of Vancouver Hockey Now. This is a website that a couple of months ago didn't even exist. He has come into Vancouver gangbusters. And he's got a great... If you follow him on on, uh, Twitter, it's Van Hockey Now. But if you go online, it is Vancouver Hockey Now. So let me get you to one guy that I think is one of the best undiscovered talents in this city, even though he's been doing it for so many years abroad. Let me get you to today's headliner. The game heads to the break, and just as you get ready to call the waitress over for your next round, the lights go down, the music stops, and the DJ looks around like the power just went out. Suddenly, a spotlight shines to the front of the bar and the doors open. No way. The headliner has arrived. All right. Once again, joined by Van Hockey News reporter extraordinaire Robert Simpson. Robert, good morning. Happy Monday to you. Thank you very much, Robert. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day. You know, the daylight saving time throws me all the time. You think you have an extra hour, but I've, I've probably been more tired today than I've been in two weeks. It's so outdated, so unnecessary. Forget about <laughs> yeah. it. An hour is like another hour behind Europe and everybody else, so whatever. All right, well, you know what? I will say this. It gives you an extra hour to savor that 6-3 victory that the Vancouver Canucks had over the Dallas Stars. I don't know if there's a team in the NHL, uh, maybe bar, say somebody like Ottawa, that needed a victory more than Vancouver and a decisive victory over Dallas. Before we get into what lies ahead for Vancouver, what was the energy like in the building when finally the big boys showed up? The energy is uh, is phenomenal in this building. And I, and I actually wrote that as part of one of my five takeaways. I was commending the crowd because... I don't know if it's the ambiance, the colors, the feeling, whatever it is, or it's just the nature of the audience, the congregation. But having been to all 32 rinks as recently as just before the COVID and having spent time and extensive time in Toronto, MSG, et cetera, like it is a vibrant building and the fans are into it. And I, and I appreciated the fact that they didn't give the team too much crap during their struggles in this homestand. Cause they could, let's face it, you know, it got a little panicky for some people at certain times, but they never really moaned, groaned or booed too much. They were having a good time. And last night it was just one big festive party and they were, they were eating it up. So good for them and good for the hockey team. 
All right. So a couple of things that I took away from that game, in addition to the big boys doing their thing, was the fact that in one game, when you just empty the tank and you kind of get to play hockey again, as opposed to deal with just structure, 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 good things can happen. And you heard that from some of the players last night after the game, as they said, you know what? We finally were accountable to each other. We got out of the playbook and we just played hockey and good things came as a result of it. Yeah. And it was very crisp. It was noticeable right from the start, even though the first period was kind of eh in terms of scoring chances both ways. It was mostly five on five. It was kind of equal that way. The the breakouts were crisper. Everything was just seemed a little tighter. So that was a good sign when the when the night started. I had a very powerful feeling that the Vancouver Canucks are going to win that hockey game last night going in. I don't know what's going on right now, Rob. I'm think I I quit gambling. Uh <laughs> I gave up that career after losing lots of money, mostly on football, uh, <laughs> made money on hockey, but I quit anyway about 14 years ago. But we've been so wacky predict, uh, prognostication lately successfully that I'm like, boy, maybe I should come out of retirement because we talked power play, power play, power play on Vancouver hockey now uh, the day before that game. And the power play just lit up with movement. It had been too stagnant. It hadn't moved around. And the, you talked about, you know, the guys coming out and being crisp and playing hockey and kind of just being unleashed. Well, that was the case in the power play. They, they just, you wouldn't even have known they were in a slump. They, they just were themselves. Um, I mentioned the fact that an opposing assistant coach told me, he said, boy, that power play is lethal. Now this was back when they had scored one per game for three straight games. And they had only had about three opportunities a night. So that's a really good percentage. Guess what? After the drought, panic, forget it. They come back, they get three out of six. And their, and their power play numbers now are, are just way up. We haven't really played that many games. So now you look ahead. And, and you know what? We, we do look at that. It's funny that you bring that up. I, I'm going to circle back on that really quickly. You talk about the amount of games that this Vancouver Canuck team played. You said before, I think it was like either their second or third game, we're going to need 15 to 20 to figure this all out and get this team ready to go. I think 15 was about right. 20 if you really wanted to stretch it out because yep. that is a quarter of a season. But what have you noticed is the biggest that I'll say right now, I'll put mine out there. JT Miller has exceeded my expectations this year. A bit of a, a wonky start, but he was the guy that much like two years ago, put this team on his back and let them work through the paces and he held the load on. But what have you noticed perhaps in the last five games that went from a city that was panicking to all of a sudden, okay, this team could still fight their way out of it. I think it's just that it, it, I don't know if patience is the right word, but I think it's just the reality that it is so early and there were strong signs of what potentially could loom. And I, and I usually loom connotates something bad coming um, auger good things ahead uh, because they were playing so well, five on five, they were dominating. They're getting trouble in special teams, but, Again, it's early and you're working through new personnel. They're tr you're trying a lot of different things. There's a lot of chemistry. And again, like you just pointed out, we're only 10 games into this thing. And the numbers, like the, the Canucks yesterday with three power play goals went from a 5% power play success rate up to a 15% rate and 18% on the season. So it's a, such a small sample size. And that's why you can never really get too panicky. Uh, like, uh, and again, you mentioned 15 to 20 games. Kenny Holland is somehow, somehow connected to this, but he's the guy that has always brought up American Thanksgiving as your first benchmark. He gets credit for that for some reason. The GM of the Oilers used to be Detroit. 
I don't know if it was him or not, but anyway, that seems to be the marker for kind of predicting how the rest of your season might go. And if you're going to make the playoffs, it's definitely not etched in stone, but we're not there yet. We're not, we're not even, you know, we got some time here before we get to American Thanksgiving. I think a part of the panic in this region was the fact that you looked at two other Canadian teams just on the other side of the mountains and uh, uh, both Edmonton and Calgary were running rough shot. And yeah, yeah, Jacob Markstrom, who's already looking like he's a Vesna candidate and Connor McDavid's just fighting off entire teams as he's scoring goals. And I think for Vancouver fans, the frustration was combined with looking at a few other teams and saying, oh boy, I don't want these guys to get too far ahead because, you know, as as early as it is, you don't want to find yourself 10, 12 points back of the division leaders. No, you don't. And Calgary was on a, a hot little roll. And it is, of course, the former Canucks goaltender. By the way, speaking of Vezina trophies, like, yeah, if, if Thatcher Demko keeps this up, I mean, it is absurd. The guy's out of his mind. Um, by the way, again, prognostication or planning via Vancouver Hockey Now and the conversations you and I have had, I told you that. Yaroslav Halak would get two of the seven starts in this homestand. He's gotten one. I expect him to get the start tomorrow night. Naturally, I asked Travis Hammond that question, and naturally he said, you'll have to come to the game to find out. <laughs> but I do have him slotted for tomorrow night, as I originally did, as we said on here a couple of weeks ago, because um, he needs some work. And you know what? He has a better goals against average right now than Demko does, which sounds amazing, but very limited amount of work. He's given up two goals per game. His teammates have only scored him one goal per game. Halak, who's trying one of his personal goals, it's going to take at least this season and another, looks like, was to get 19 wins so he could have 300 for his career. Well, guess what? He's got zero right now, and that's because his team has averaged one goal on his behalf in his two starts. So I would expect they'll give him a little more help tomorrow night if he indeed gets the start against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, in terms of the division, Rob, Anaheim right now is in third place with 15 points. The Canucks are in seventh. Don't panic there. They're, they have 11. They have a game in hand on Anaheim, and they get to play them twice now in, in the next short little bit here uh, at home tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and then it's part of their three-game road trip that's coming up as well. So it's, this stuff's going to change around dramatically in the next two weeks. All right, let's go for a walk around the league. I want to start with Florida because when the Joel Quenville thing hit, you thought to yourself, boy, this is a team that's 7-0. and Surely in the Atlantic, all of a sudden, things are going to slow down. It hasn't. They're 10-0-1. They have a point differential of plus 22. What is going on with the Panthers? And I, again, I don't expect you know the roster, but usually when something as big as a head coach change, uh, something buckles, but the Panthers just keep on rolling. First of all, they get to, they're taking on the Rangers, and the Rangers are not necessarily all that that we thought they might be at the start of the season. Uh, they, they've got a, a very young roster. They're getting great goaltender from Igor Shesterk, and he's saved their fanny more than more than once. You know what? It's just a matter of depth. It starts with Alexander Barkov. I mean, this is one of the elite players in the National Hockey League. He just signed a new contract. Works very well with Jonathan Uberdo. Uh, Anthony Declare. I don't want to say he's a late bloomer. He's a he's always been a big kid and a talented kid, but from a maturity standpoint, it took a long time for Anthony to declare to really kind of find himself. So they, I mean, they just kind of rounded out that lineup effectively, uh, and their and their D is actually pretty pretty strong. Obviously, Aaron Ekblad's a very good hockey player, and, and uh, Brandon Montour is playing very very well. And and then of course the most important position on the ice. Did we really know that Spencer Knight was going to be this guy? Um, between Bob, 
Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, you're getting that type of goaltending. That's a, that's a huge factor. It all falls into place for the Panthers right now, and they're just a very good hockey team. Now they just need to get some people in their seats to watch them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which has always been, always been a problem. In always, summer. always, yeah. always. Dating back to the days of Ed Jovanovsky. I also want to talk about Vegas because we, you and I, haven't really gotten into that Jack Eichel trade. Jack Eichel immediately gets the blessing from McCrimmon to go and get a surgery. It's going to be three to four months, but go get it, get done, get right, and let's go. Do you like that deal from Vegas's perspective? Like, as a city that likes to gamble, do you think that that was worth the risk? I don't know, because I'm not a huge Jack Eichel guy. And I don't want to get into necessarily all the reasons why I'm not a Jack Eichel guy. Maybe part of it is kind of the off ice and maybe his attitude. Um, that could be part of it. And I, you know, just the background that he came from and, and some of the behavior that I've potentially experienced. Um, but then again, there's always the growing up factor, the maturity factor and all that. So I, it's a bit unfair of me to say at this point, cause I probably haven't talked to the kid in three or four years. Um, I was a big Alex Tuck fan. So the fact that, you know, that was such a major acquisition finagling that from Minnesota back during the expansion draft, making side deals and picking up Tuck. Uh, that, that's a loss for me. There's conditional picks going back and forth. So ultimately, if Jack Eichel survives the surgery, and I don't mean like his life will be in danger, if he comes through it and survives from a hockey standpoint and is able to play and move forward at 100%, then it's probably a great deal for Vegas in that you're getting, you know, you're getting Jack Eichel and you're essentially giving up a conditional first, a conditional second. You're also picking up a conditional third. So it's kind of Eichel for Tuck. Um, you know, now we just wait and see. I guess really the question is, it's not really for me to decide or you to decide it's to for the doctors decide and his recovery to decide let's see how let's see mm. what we have from jack like when he comes out of surgery yeah it's interesting because you see that deal and you're like oh i wonder if the canucks could have done that or i wonder if the leafs could have done that but it just always seems like whether it's mark stone or in this case jack eichel that vegas always finds a way to fandangle a pretty decent name alex martinez uh just seems like once every year or so they've always got that one trick up their sleeve no pun intended uh, they also, Rob, by the way, I got—I hmm. forgot Peyton Krebs is another guy who's a young Correct. player, is a prospect going the other way for for uh, for Eichel as well. But you know, ultimately, if Eichel's a hundred percent, it's it's a decent deal for Vegas, no doubt. Let's circle back on Vancouver. Just a few more for you, Rob. I appreciate the time down at uh, Rogers Arena. Everybody's starting to leave, but you're hanging out with me. I want to get into Abbotsford just very quickly, not necessarily personnel, but. For so many years, it's been Syracuse, it's been Utica. Now that this team's got about a dozen games in their pocket, are there any early returns on having the AHL team just down the street? Oh, God, yes. I remember the talking to coaches from San Jose back when their their farm team was in Worcester, Mass. I mean, it was ridiculous. And they were shuttling guys. Like, if you're getting the league transaction thing, this is five, six years ago. Every freaking day, someone's getting on an airplane and flying across the country between Worcester and San Jose. I mean, Utica and Vancouver, same thing. Like, it's insane. So this is ridiculous. Like, for example, Justin Dowling came off injury reserve, gets announced as rejoining the lineup, and Nick Patan goes down. It's an hour drive. I mean, there's... There's no wear and tear. If you meet a guy, if something happens, somebody gets hurt in practice, somebody gets hit in a morning skate, boom, 
It's done. Right there. Yeah, right there. That's the ultimate thing. It's just the convenience of it. Also, from a coaching standpoint, from scouting standpoint, you know, watching these guys getting over and seeing other AHL players from the opposition. I mean, across the board, the relative convenience for players, management, scouts, coaches, there's there's simply uh, no comparison. By the way, Rob, it is me and the Zamboni right now. <laughs> I, I also got to point out that it's at Van Hockey Now. You are correct on Twitter, but the website is VancouverHockeyNow.com. You know, I, I thought when we first talked, you're like, oh, Rob, you know, we're going to put a couple articles out here and there. I had no idea the amount of content that you were going to throw up on that website on a daily basis. How are you staying? Like, how many cups of coffee do you drink in a calendar day? You know what? It's like, it's after all these years, it's almost like second nature. So it's not really too much brain strain because hockey is not brain surgery. And it's funny when I hear people talk and try to make it, turn it into rocket science or some type of really complicated matter. Well, it's, it's really not that complicated. Um, most of the coaches in the league are running very similar systems. Um, hockey players are still hockey players. Socially, they might change a little bit. Age, they might change a little bit. But it's, it's just hockey. So if you've been around it for decades, it's not very difficult to pick up the nuances and maybe notice kind of where things are headed. And that's basically what we've been doing. But you know, the thing that I like about the way that you write is it's readable. You know, it's not too much of a deep dive. I'm not looking at pie charts and heat areas. I'm looking at, you know, basically you're breaking things down almost like by paragraph so that I can say, okay, we're talking about this, we're talking about that. And by the end of it, I feel like I've gotten probably five to six really good points per article. It's a great read. Well, I appreciate that. But I think part of it is being a broadcaster for 30 years, I write like I talk. So I'm yes. writing in a conversational fashion. I'm not writing in a, in a, in a structural technical manner. I'm literally writing as I speak and talking about hockey, whether you're writing it or actually saying the words audibly is basically the same thing. It's been fun to watch the evolution of that because that website's only been up for a couple of months. For those who don't know about hockey now, very quickly before we wrap, can you describe what's going on around North America? Yeah. Well, we have about uh, 16 sites now. There was a gentleman who wrote for decades for the Windsor Star named Bob Duff. And there was a gentleman who was the exclusive USA Today hockey writer, Kevin Allen, for 33 years. Those two combined to start Detroit Hockey Now. Um, Joe Haggerty, who was well-known hags on television in the New England area for many years, um, he is now doing Boston Hockey Now. So there's others like myself. There's other writers um, that were strictly journalists and not media, or I'm sorry, electronic media. But there's one form or another of very experienced individuals from both walks of life or combination of such that are now operating hockey now websites and we and we share materials so we, we might pick up you know we do little link clicks uh, links from various stories if they're intriguing like the jack eichel stuff i got all my stuff basically from vegas hockey now and from from the guys out east so uh it's a neat little deal and by the way if people sign up for our like kind of exclusive subscriber content we they built it so that canada hockey now everybody gets Toronto, Ooh. Calgary, Montreal, and 
and uh, Vancouver all for the same price instead of just getting your single market, which is kind of a little bonus for the folks. But that's a great bonus. I'm not worried about that, Rob. I'm just writing and want people to enjoy themselves and love the game. Yeah, it's been great to watch and watch the evolution of that. So thank you for this. You're always good for it. You're always sitting there in section 120, just kind of hanging out, kicking it with me. So tell the Zamboni to take a 15 and clean up over there and whatever you need, just always call. We're always happy to have you on. Yeah, it was good. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I appreciate it. And it's, you're very kind of you and it's always fun. And of course we got a, our pals at equity.guru. Yes. Are our gurus. By the way, I don't know if you've made any investments off some of the things they've been pumping. And, and I've learned a ton working with these guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I have actually, I've made some purchases, let's just say. I had somebody reach out to me this morning and he said, I bought Organic Garage's stock when you mentioned it on one of your commercials. I bought it and now it is doubled in price. He goes, if you ever want me to do a testimonial on your show, let me know <laughs> about the rise of stocks. He goes, I'm a real-time case study. He says, if you'd have told me that it would have doubled in three months, I would have thought you were crazy. That's a real text that I got this morning. That is common. There are in like three or four different sectors, people are doubling up their dough. I mean, obviously, there's no guarantees. Like we always say on those little investor roundtables, past performance is not guarantee future results. But I'll tell you what, these guys know what the hell they're talking about because stuff goes up. The only thing going up for me is my weight. I got to go for more walks, Robert. When's, but uh, when's, the next, when's the next wrestling matches? I'm telling you, it's coming up on the 27th, man. We're less than three weeks away. We're pretty much sold out for the first one. We got another one on a Thursday night, but we got people that want us to come to their venues now. If you'd have told me that that would be happening, I thought you were crazy. It's pretty cool to think that we're getting there. So indie Good. wrestling, who'd have thought? Let's do this again, my friend. You got it. Awesome stuff, man. I love having Rob on every single Monday because he kind of recaps what happened in the week and then gets you ready for what's coming up. I love it. And you know what? There's a guy that's worked in Toronto, Boston, New York, and now he's in Vancouver. Uh, I'm still surprised that we have him on our show and uh, other people haven't taken advantage of him as well. I would assume that will change in the coming days and weeks. All right, let's wrap up the show. My thanks to Chris Perry and everybody over at Equity Guru, to Asan, to Galen, uh, and of course the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. You know where to find us, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Sports Bar Radio, always available to you. Wherever you download your pods, I am Rob Fay. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the reviews. And please share the word of what we're doing. We're trying to build this each and every day in each and every way. And until you and I meet less than 24 hours from now, drive safe, get home safe, and let's do it again soon.